Uh, before we get into this episode, just wanted to let you guys all know we had some uh, technical difficulties with our original file, and it got lost, so we're going to use our uh, backup Skype recording. <laughs> Doesn't sound the best, but you know. Yeah, apologies. Yeah, apologies for that. So, you know, so, uh, thankfully, we have backups to our backups, so we have... Uh, we had a backup plan, but it may not sound as cool as if it was our beautiful, lovely voices on our typical uh, recording methods. Yeah, so uh, without further ado, here is our episode. Welcome to Nerd Girls Take on the World. I'm Mo. I'm Jen. And we're two women bringing you our take on all things geek, nerdy, and pop culture. So what are you drinking tonight, Jen? As I caught you mid sip. <laughs> you did. Um, I am. I'm back at Allagash again. I'm drinking uh the Allagash Curio. It's a Belgian style golden ale. Um, it is uh, a little bit more on the uh, hoppy side than I normally drink my beers, but I really like uh the Curio. And as you know, I am a fan of Allagash Brewing. So. Uh, tonight was a beer night because it's just a nice, lovely, warm night outside in Southern California. Yeah, yeah, we're lucky to have the nice SoCal weather. Yeah, it's snowing in other parts of the country, and I'm like, mm, sucks to be you. <laughs> but what are you drinking, Mo? Uh, so I made myself a little cocktail, um, skinny syrup, make these flavored syrups. So I got their blueberry lavender and just mix that up with some club soda and Hendrix gin, which is one of my favorite gins because it's real, it's smooth and kind of floral. I have to admit, I'm not a gin girl. I, um, despite the name, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's something about gin that tastes just a little on the medicine side for me and I've just never loved it. Um, <laughs> About the only time you can get me to drink gin is when I'm so off my face, I don't notice it. So, <laughs> that there you go. Right, there you go. So, uh, what what have you been watching slash reading slash? <laughs> so, while, while we're stuck inside. I have to admit, this has been kind of a low watching uh, week for me. Um, I've been poking at a lot of different things. Uh, I've been on a, a bit of a binge watching like travel food shows i mean i love the show on netflix somebody feed phil if you haven't watched it go watch it. it is the cutest show um it has phil rosenthal who is known for being a writer on comedies particularly um everybody loves raymond so uh it's just a cute show he just wanders around the world traveling and eating food and just looking like a three-year-old every time he gets something <laughs> yummy in his mouth and uh it's it, it if you're kind of down the dumps which i think a lot of us right now kind of are with all the news and you know being stuck inside um you know it's a it's just a feel-good fun show um but other than that what else have i been doing oh i uh just for some comfort like tasty tasty comfort food type of feel i have been revisiting my, one of my favorite um like alt history fantasy romance genre books uh kushiel's dart and just been listening to that on audiobook through audible and uh have uh have been reveling in that because it's sort of like 
It's like your tasty comfort food. It is your mac and cheese. It is. That is what this book is for me. It's one of my favorites. So, you know, when I'm feeling blue, I just, you know, pull that one up and listen to this epic romance about this woman who basically really gets off on getting beaten. beaten. But it's a good book. It's a good book. So okay. it's, it's, it's a fun book. So what have you been up to? Um, I finally, after much nagging from <laughs> my kids and others, have uh, started watching My Hero Academia. I saw that. Uh, yeah, so I've been binging that a lot. I've managed to get, I'm in season three now, so that's how much I've been watching it. Wow. Well, you're going to join the uh, the throng. The I know there is a legion of fans for My Hero Academia. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm very much enjoying it. I like it. It's fun. It's very entertaining it's got a good story good characters which is my that that's my big am i gonna keep watching this thing or am i gonna let it go is how strong are your characters and there's good characters in this fun fun so who are your favorite characters thus far uh Todoroki is my favorite uh his quirk is hot and cold so half of him is hot and half is cold so he can make fire with one side of his body and ice with the other side of his body Interesting. And he's got a, a nice tragic backstory, which I'm not going to lie, I'm a sucker for. So. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. love him. Oh. So anything else like new that you've cut that's cut your eye? Um, not really. That's kind of pretty much what I'm stuck on. We watched a Trolls World Tour on Easter. Uh, I need to watch that because I mostly because, okay, this is a little dumb. <laughs> I am a huge fan of a podcast out there uh, called My Brother, My Brother and Me. It's hysterically funny. Um, has been around for a long time now. You have to go listen to it. It'll make don't listen to it while you're driving in the car because you might get in an accident. That's how funny this is. Uh, but the three brothers in there, the McElroy brothers, are actually in Trolls World Tour. They're like I know like the DJ troll who wants uh-huh. to drop the beat. That's Justin. Oh, really? So, That's cool. <laughs> like, each of the three brothers are in there. So, it's super cool. And I, I want to watch it just because uh, the McElroy brothers in it. I'm not going to lie. So, I, I haven't actually seen the first Trolls, though. I know, oh, it's so cute. I know the, the Justin Timberlake song, but... Yep. Yeah, it's cute. The They're both cute. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a kid's cartoon, it's a kid movie, so it's got a lot of those kid movie tropes. But it's cute, and it's fun to watch, and I liked it. Yeah. Well, speaking of kids' movies, I know my Easter, I think I binged, like, four Disney movies. Just wha-bam, wha-bam, wha-bam. On top of my Charlton <laughs> Heston movies, because we all know Easter is really just the holiday to celebrate Charlton Heston. So you watch Ben-Hur and you watch Ten Commandments, because that's what you do on Easter. Or at least that's what I do on Easter. <laughs> um, but uh, Ben-Hur, for me, is a big movie, because that's part of what let me down the path of historical research that I'm on because I was like who are Romans and why do they like racing horses and what's their beef with the Jews like what's up with that and yeah and it was just all downhill from there and and, and now I'm a sad broken woman <laughs> but, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah no I uh after that uh I watched a, a whole slew of Disney movies so you know, I know last week I mentioned, I think, Frozen uh, Frozen 2 I rewatched, but uh, caught up on some of the old favorites, like, you know, Little Mermaid, 
<laughs> and I hadn't watched that one in forever. And it's amazing that I still know every word to every song in that movie after all these years. Yeah. Yeah, I might be able to to sing along as well to every single one. Uh, I know when uh, me and my sister were kids, we watched A Little Mermaid so much, we broke two VHS tapes. Because in, nice. in case you're too young and don't realize, if you watch a VHS too much, it will break. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes. I had a, a moment in time there when my brother David watched Little Mermaid every day for like six weeks. So... He was, and he was a toddler at the time. That's part of why. But yeah, it was six weeks of nothing but I don't know when. <laughs> and my dad was like, I'm done. Pick a different movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, and on that note, um, let's, let's, segue, <laughs> let's segue into, uh, into love of a different kind. Into a love and appreciation of of something that you're so passionate about, you're willing to to die for it. And no, I'm not talking about the Little Mermaid or the Lion King for certain toddlers. No, I am I am talking about shipping, shipping. Yo ho, yo ho. A shipper's life for me. So, uh, <laughs> and all the ships were willing to go down on. And all the ships we're willing to go down on. I know I have some ships I'm willing to go down on. There's so many. There are some <laughs> ships where I was just like, I will go down with the ship and I, I don't care. I, I Screw the rest of you. This is the one I'm dying for. This is my <laughs> OTP. You can't take this away from me. How about you, Mo? Uh, so I... I don't know. I think I'm too... I don't know, cynical maybe. I, I'm not. <laughs> I have a really hard time not eye rolling over shipping. Um, get me wrong, it's fun. It's good to see like a nice little romantic subplot. But if it goes on for too long, I just I'm like I don't care anymore. I'm over oh, it. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yep, you don't have it. you don't have a ship that was like this is my ship. This is this is what I live for. So it's hard to say because, like I said, I, I lose interest. Um, the most recent ship where I was like, oh, my God, they've got to get together was uh, Yuri on Ice, another anime. Um, and, of course, I, I was all for victory. <laughs> and I was like, they've got to get together. And while the end of the first season was pretty ambiguous, it felt like, okay, they're going to get together. It's obvious. I'm okay with it. So, I mean, you only had one season of that. So I didn't have a long time to ship on it. Um, most of the other times I'm just like, uh, like, uh, like when I watched The Office, I was like, I don't care anymore. I don't care. It's, <laughs> it's taking too long. Just Pam, go marry. What's his face? I don't care. Date this guy. I don't care. I'm, I'm done. It's with John this. Krasinski. I mean, I know, and I love him. And I was all for it if it would have happened in the first couple of seasons. But when it drags on for that long. Like, let's go back to one of the, the the original ship that started the term shippers, your favorite show, The X-Files. Yes! <laughs> Mulder and Scully. Uh, when it, OTP right oh, there. my God. When it goes on for that long, I'm like, I don't care anymore. Just, I don't care. Go marry somebody else so this ship doesn't go on anymore. I don't want to hear about it. I'm tired of speculating. 
Are you kidding, Mulder? When I married anyone, he would have just been like all porn and one nine hundred numbers. Yeah, when I met, when I say go marry someone, you know, we were talking about Scully because she's the only one who's stable enough to go have another relationship. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But okay, yeah. So I admit I am I'm a shipper. Like, oh my God, shipper! I am an oh, I'm an old school. Oh, I'm old school shipper. Uh, my first fandom was the X Files, and my first ship was Mulder and Scully. And I remember I was in college at the time. Uh, like, a pretty well, I it started probably my junior year in high school, but really it started heating up like my freshman year in college. And I remember my girlfriends and I. We would all have our X Files like TV night. It was that was our viewing party. Like this is way back in the day before you could actually do viewing parties <laughs> on the internet. And um, we would go on Friday nights or and then Sunday nights when they moved it to Sundays. And we would watch and we'd all just we, there would be those moments where you know there there'd be an intense look between the two of them and especially. <laughs> Sparks would fly, and next thing I know, I'm holding like my friend Bridget's hand in one hand and face in the other, and we're squealing like idiots, um, just like oh my God, ah, you know. And, oh, and they're so in love, you know it, they, you know it. Season seven, yeah. It's like, you know, we we're 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 just like losing our mind, and then like it's like wait, but then Mulder leaves, and then what's going on? And hey, who's who's William's dad? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, no, it was it was such high drama for us. Such yeah, high drama. And and that was part of why we loved the show. We loved the show because we loved to, the will they won't they of Mulder and Scully, and because it was. Like this background thing going on. That wasn't even the main plot. The main plot was, you know, these all the other drama of aliens and do they exist and and cigarette smoking man and like what's the monster of the month and whatever. And that was all the other stuff going on that was really the plot. But for us, we were most excited about you know, oh my God, she woke up in his house and she was sleeping beside him. Do you think they did it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of think uh, X-Files is really what brought the marketability of shipping kind of to the forefront yeah. <laughs> where they realized, oh my God, people will watch this show forever if we just keep the will they, won't they going these fans will keep tuning in to be like, well, are they? Will they? Won't they? I have to know. I can't give up unless I know because I've got to win. <laughs> the only way I, I need, win. Is I need to my... know that they'll be together forever making babies. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think shipping has been around longer than X-Files. Certainly. Yeah. Um, I joke that my grandmother was the, was the OG shipper. Um, she had, now this is old school. Most of you listening will be like, what the hell? I don't know who you're talking about. Um, way, way back in the day, you know, we're talking like 1930s. Um, there was a Hollywood couple, um, Jeanette McDonald. And I forget what his name is. I bet you I could look it up. But anyway, um, my grandmother was so invested in them. 
and uh, she would watch all their movies. She would go and watch all their movies. She even had their photograph. I don't know how she got the autograph, the picture with the, the signatures on it. Maybe they sent it to her. I don't know, but she had it. She was a hardcore, like, I am very invested in the, the these two people. Nelson Eddy, that was the actor. So she had a crush on Nelson Eddy. She liked Nelson with Jeanette McDonald. In real life, the two of them did have a brief relationship that did not last. But my grandmother was very invested in this relationship and went and saw all their movies. And even, like, decades on, we're talking 1990s, she was still like, oh, TCM has a Jeanette McDonald Nelson Addy movie on. Let's watch that. I just love those two. I just I just think they made the sweetest couple. And I'm like, my grandma was a shipper. <laughs> like, people did that. That happened a lot. You were like, I want these two characters together. I'm invested in this in an emotional level. And if they don't get together, I'm emotionally upset about that. Yeah. But, I really don't think it's till really the X-Files because the X-Files was the first, I think, really big fandom to hit the internet. Yeah. I think that's kind of what made it boom and, and kind of, I mean, that's kind of what brought about the term shippers um, for one, but I think it's what made, I think it's what brought it to our cultural mindset. You know, that's what, yeah. What made us think of it. I mean, obviously it was happening before then. I mean, uh, Kirk and Spock have some yes. hardcore shippers from the original series. Um, the original se- And going way back. It's not even just like in recent years. No, we're we're talking way back. Like yeah. 1970s. Exactly. Exactly. Kirk it's not people Spock coming shippers. up with it. Yeah, it's not people coming up with the ship now. It's people shipping them back in the day when the series was airing. Yeah. So, I mean, this idea of of pairing two characters together and being very emotionally invested in that relationship is not new. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Really took off with X-Files because, like, you know, it's the Internet. It's a crazy place. All the fans started finding each other and, like, they're sharing, like, I'm really invested in the ship. How about you? I'm invested in the ship, too. Oh, my God. Let's talk about that. Um. Yeah, it's it's it. I I know that was a big factor on me because I I know I was like, wow, I would really like those two characters to get together. I was not super crazy passionate about it until I found other like-minded souls, and then all of a sudden we were all like, I will die for this ship. This is the thing that keeps me going. <laughs> this gives me life. And for all you young people out there who are listening, going, I thought I was the only one to do that. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) This has been going for as long as there's been shipping. And for those of you who are listening, going, hey, ship, relationship, I'm just now catching on to that. You're right. Um, Ship is the Internet's shorthand for relationship. And, you know, it's, it's basically when you put two characters together in a romantic sort of way that you are heavily invested that those two characters romantically get together either sexually or emotionally or both or yeah yeah there is different kinds of shipping they don't all have to be in a traditional sexual marriage type relationship 
And they don't have to be, like, heterosexual. In fact, a lot of shipping I see nowadays are uh, homosexual or gender-inclusive relationships, gender-fluid relationships. Yeah, I know. Uh, Um, I was a huge Xena Warrior Princess fan. And, of course, there was a huge team of Xena and Gabrielle shippers. Yes. So, I mean, there's, there's, for every kind of human relationship on the planet, there is a ship for you. It, they're same sex, different sex, uh, you know, non, you know, non-sexual, uh, you have polyamorous, you have, I mean, everything. You've yeah. got, Although you've it got does, it all. That does kind of bring up the argument of, um, so I'm a big uh, Supernatural fan. I haven't watched the most recent season, <laughs> but. The last one. Yeah, last one, so I got to catch up on that. But, um, you know, Supernatural, for example, has the huge Gene and Castiel shipper community, mm-hmm. which the TV show has kind of fed into, and to the point where people are kind of questioning, are they queer baiting now? Because if you're going to code your characters that way, but then never actually follow through on it. Are you really just doing it to make sure that those shippers stay there without ever having to commit to having them get together? Well, good point. Good point. You know, um, I feel like there is definitely, as long as there has been a a media awareness of shipping Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the marketability of shipping, there has been a sort of baiting quality to t- to media and shipping whether i mean whatever baiting you're doing whether it's queer baiting or just attention baiting and i feel like ever since media has caught on to the marketability of ships there has been a certain level of baiting because they know it makes money it's the will they won't they factor of of shipping it, can we string our audience along for long enough you know, have them be committed for long enough to this uh, to this idea of these two characters maybe having some sort of unique romantic bond. Um, and then they string you along for however many seasons. Like, oh, is this happening? Is this not happening? I don't know. Xena's, I think, is a perfect example of this. Because in Xena, you have this powerful relationship between these two women that... For a certain segment of the, of the population, they look at that and say, a great, like, relation, that's a great, like, lesbian relationship. This is, this is a queer relationship on television. But they didn't have, so they could just wink and nod and go, I don't know, <laughs> maybe it is. It's certainly a powerful relationship, you know, because obviously they didn't, especially at the time Zena came out, no one wanted to come out and say, oh, yeah, they're absolutely two women in love with each other um, in a romantic way. Because then, you know, I don't know, some Midwestern preacher who's watching Zena for whatever reason (laughs) will suddenly become highly offended, highly offended at that notion. How dare you? Um, but they know that there's a market in the queer community of having some sort of representation, any sort of representation, and that they they will latch on to it. So it's the idea of, well, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. You know, we'll just we'll just kind of edge that line and not really say anything. Hey, you guys, 
you guys are watching. Yeah, I mean, and I can kind of be more forgiving of, you know, those older shows where it it would have been a show killer to come out and like, yes, you know, and Gabrielle are in love. Um, you know, and and at that time, yeah, that would have been the the end of that show because people would have lost their minds. Um, but when you see shows still doing it now, it, it's a little more frustrating for me. Yeah. It's like, come on, guys. I get it when, you know, you have people who just like the the relationship idea, whether or not you actually see it. Um, you know, Cap and Bucky is a good example. I don't feel like the they have really written too much into any of the movies to be like, this is canon. So I think that is just people being like, that would be cool. Totally fine. You know, if that's your jam, ship it. But the shows yeah. that I, yeah, but the shows that are a little more leaning into it and like doing the, the wink and the nudge still now in 2020, it's like, come on guys, either commit and come out and say they're gay or say, no, they're not. Shit or get off the pot. Exactly. Yeah. Either say, yes, these characters are gay Just, and they're in love or, or let it go and, and start pushing the characters in another direction. I think that's where it's kind of frustrating. It feels pandering. Yeah. Yes. It feels pandering now in 2020, you know, in 1990s. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how much I, I give him leeway, but I, 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 I get it. I will say that mm-hmm. at least I get it. I get why they did it. I don't necessarily agree that they did it. I get yeah. why they did it. But you're right. In 2020, it's it's 30 years later. Society, while still has a lot farther to go, has come a lot farther than when we were. And so, I mean, just say if the, if that's what you as the writers are implying, like yes, these characters are are. Uh, gay and polyamorous yay then go for it just just say that already <laughs> but yeah. um yeah the the baiting the pandering why why are you doing that i mean look at i mean we have so many shows where they just they don't even apologize they're like this is this character and they are gay and they are uh living their life and they you know, on the recourse of the relation of the show, they have all these relationship problems and nobody blinks twice at it. So why is it that we have ships that are like, you know, coded or, you know, mm-hmm. you can read it this way if you cock your head and look at it sideways. Yeah, like if you're going to add, uh, you know, some sexual tension there, then commit to it don't just do it and then at the same time be like well i don't know you know um it was like the (laughs) the uh dumbledore thing you know uh yeah jk rowling was like well he was actually gay and at the time she said that with the books i would have been like okay i can get how you wouldn't write that into a book told from harry potter's perspective but now with her being the writer, she's credited as a writer for the Fantastic Beast movies, and you actually have Dumbledore in a time where, you know, his homosexuality should have been a little bit more known, and you're still no homoing him throughout this movie. Now it's kind of like pandering. 
Now it feels a little yeah. more queer baity. So I will say, um, and, and this this was my thought process when when Joe Rowling came out with Dumbledore's Gay. Like he is a gentleman's school teacher at a an elite school in the 1930s, 20s, 30s, and 40s, and in Britain. Uh, yeah, he would have kept that shit locked down tight because that, by far that, he was not the only one. <laughs> I'm like, the gentleman, the gentleman school teacher who's secretly homosexual, I feel like is sort of like a, a weird trope in, uh, in West England? I don't know. Uh, so I wasn't shocked. I was actually quite pleased. I was like, oh, wow, that adds a whole dimension to Dumbledore's character. What I wanted to see explored was Grindelwald, because I'm like, wow, that whole has a whole new dimension to the mm-hmm. whole Grindelwald situation. Why the fuck didn't we go? Like, I want to know what's the story then? Like, what happens? And and is this is this an a, a, is this all complicated by the feelings that they they have for each other as very young men and then the death of of Dumbledore's sister like that is compelling shit to me why didn't we do that exactly yeah and that's why I'm saying it feels kind of pandering because there was no hint of that secretly being gay in this last movie so you can't have your cake and eat it too if you're going to say that this character is gay, then make him a gay character, especially in this role where he's being a little more prominent in this movie as opposed to, again, like I said, the Harry Potter novels, it made sense for Harry to not know if Dumbledore was gay. Yeah, because it's to totally his private make, life. Exactly. Yeah. That totally made sense. But now that we're taking it back, you need to show that somehow, like address or- that. Or even address, like, how the, I, I mean, what would it add to, I think, it uh, the story would be to address how in 1920s, 30s mm-hmm. Britain, you would not be admitting to this. Like, not openly, at least, unless you're no coward. Um, but, like, if you're a, man, a gentleman teaching at a school, like, would you openly admit to it? Yeah. And, like, how that, what, what is is that a common prejudice between muggles and wizards? Exactly. Yeah, we're yeah, like, so, explore it a little more. Yeah. I would have loved to see like, what would a wizarding community have to say about a, a someone who is a, an LGBTQ character in the early 20th century? I think that would be fascinating. Well, especially because in the movies, they're already showing how different the muggle and wizarding communities are by showing how segregation wasn't a thing in the wizarding world. How And and how different it was from America to Britain, as in look at the difference between house elves and goblins and how they're treated in America and how they're treated in Britain. Like, you're already showing those parallels, so take it one step further. Yeah. Show it a little more. Like, nobody made her come out and say Dumbledore is gay, but now that you said it, you have to do something with it. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're just pandering and you're just queer baiting and you're just trying to get props for being like, yeah, you put a gay character in your stories. Except not really. Like uh, having a, a per- member of of Cap's like group therapy session being <laughs> being gay. It's like, look, we have a gay character in a Marvel movie. It's like, yay. Okay. 
There was one. Well, and it's just like uh, when Disney did that with Beauty and the Beast and they were like, you know, LeFou is going to be the first openly gay character in Disney. Was he, though? Was he really, though? I didn't see him once refer to himself as gay. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was a little hints and winks and nods there, but we had those in the original, too. Yeah. So... I'm yeah. sorry that five seconds of dancing with another man at the end of the movie doesn't cut it. Disney, try harder. He was less than after um, Gaston pretty hard. And it's Luke Wilson, you know. Yeah. Well, who who doesn't lust after Luke Wilson? Lots of people. Lots of people lust, lust after Luke yeah. Wilson. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but beyond uh, queer baiting, um, or just baiting baiting, Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that uh, we have both discussed heavily with shippers and shipping is the idea that, um, again, we said at the top of the episode, shipping is something people are very passionate about. I know I'm very passionate about my ships. Um, but uh, the question I think I, I pose the most when it comes to shipping is... Do sh- we, we've talked how shipping can be exciting and get people devoted and sucked into a show because they can be excited about something or they can see themselves in it. Um, but shipping can also be very, very aggressive and fandom. <laughs> it can be super aggressive. I have never seen fights as nasty and gnarly in a fandom as over a ship. Case in point, this is old school Harry Potter. Let me take you back. Now, Mo would remember this very well, but some of yuns, some of y'all youngins probably don't remember way back in the day when the books were still coming out. And there was, um, there was a gap between books four and five and another gap between books five and six. Uh, and a lesser gap between six and seven, as I remember it. Um, but these gaps were were breeding grounds for all sorts of theories and hypotheses and the development of ships. And there were there were whole entire camps devoted to different ships and Harry Potter online. It was just, it was insane. Yeah. It was like it was like the War of the Roses. It was like I have my my house and you have your house and we do not get along and we fight online in our forums and tell each other how bad we suck. And I remember the the vehemence and the venom around the Harry Hermione shippers. Oh, it was nasty. It was it was brutal. Yeah, um, there was, well, almost all the Harry Potter ships were pretty brutal, because there was Harry and Hermione, there was Hermione and Ron, obviously, there was uh, Hermione and Draco, for some reason. Yeah, um, Harry and Draco. Harry and Draco, yeah, like, and pretty much all of those shippers were just convinced that theirs was the OTP and everyone else was wrong. <laughs> oh, it was, and it was just virulently just nasty to the point that when I think it was book seven. Yeah. When book seven came out, 
There was a, a core, a very small group of Harry Hermione shippers who were so upset that one or several of them, I was never sure if it was just one person or several, went and rewrote the entire book seven to be a Harry Hermione ship book. Like the whole thing, rewrote it, <laughs> all of it. And I was like, well, first, damn, you guys have some time on your hands because you just rewrote that shit. But second, um, okay (laughs) like and it was it was quite controversial when they did it because people were upset because first of all like it's joe rowling's book it's her it's her sandbox yeah she created it this is the story she had to tell and you rewriting the book is sort of a slap in the face and an insult you're taking her world her character's Everything she built, and you're like, no, you're doing it wrong. I'm going to redo it the way I like it, even though I own none of it. I made up none of it, but I think I know it better than you know it. So I'm going to rewrite this book because I don't like the way you did it. Uh, Which, you know, kind of feeds into what we were talking about last week about fans, and sometimes fans can be just assholes, um, and feel like they control the, that they control the, uh, create a process and not the creatives. Like, yeah, if you do it wrong, then I can tell you no and do it the way I want. Now, admittedly, I don't turn up my nose at people who do fan fiction and write like this way they wish the story had had come out. Sure, fine, that's that's great. But I admit, I was a little like, wow, you wrote the whole book because you didn't like the fact that she shipped characters that you didn't want together and it was not helped at all by joe rowling coming out later and saying well i don't know if hermione and ron should have been together (laughs) and i'm like why why did you put gasoline on that fire joe why to be fair i think she kind of just says things to stay relevant at this point (laughs) um why just just let that die yeah some of the stuff she says but um at least that those people just went and and wrote a fan fiction. Uh, what I don't like is when the fans start uh, attacking the creators. Um, you know, there have been a lot of creators who have just quit social media or fans attacking them. I mean, we talked about this last week with Star Wars. You know, mm-hmm. uh, people were very upset over Finn and Rose to the point where that poor woman had to go quit social media. Um Steven Universe was another one where one of their creators quit social media because of the uh, Peridot and Lapis shippers were so attacky to her. You know, they were they were tweeting her these horrible things and being like, how could you not make this canon and blah, 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 to the point where she just was like, I can't take this anymore. And I'm I'm done. Yeah, guys, that's not cool. <laughs> None of that is cool. I mean, and I have to say, the the aggressiveness of shipping sometimes can really get me down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, to share a personal experience, this is, um, and I, I've told Mo this story before. Um, so last fall, I had a family tragedy um, that had me flying back to Missouri um, very last minute trying to get back home to be with my family. And so I flew on like a Sunday and uh, on Spirit Airlines, which if any of you have flown Spirit Airlines, 
you know what I'm talking about. Um, so, of course, I'm wearing my comfy clothes. I'm wearing leggings, and I had on uh, my comfy, like, Infinity War shirt because it was comfy, not really because I was thinking really too hard about it. Um, and I get to Kansas City, and my friend picks me up, and we go to uh, this uh, fast food restaurant called Culver's out there because it's I don't get Culver's in Los Angeles. So whenever I'm in Kansas City, I'm like, I need a butter burger, and I need it stat. So we uh, went to Culver's and the teenage girl behind the counter, as I'm sitting there, like I'm in a haze. Cause I'm like, I've been on a plane for four hours. I'm emotionally a wreck right now. I have to drive three hours back to my hometown tomorrow. I'm just not in a good place. I just want a butter burger. And I'm sitting there like what the, I, I was trying to decide what kind of like milkshake I wanted. And she goes, Oh my God, I love your shirt. Like, oh, thanks. It's not anymore. Yeah. Oh my God. Did you watch Endgame? Yes. <laughs> like, did you like it? I loved it. It's one of my favorite Marvel movies. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm just so unhappy with that movie. I think it's the worst. I'm thinking nearly $3 billion and, it, and it's the worst, but okay. I'm like, oh, okay. She goes, I do not like the ending. I do not like what they did to Bucky. And went on a rant for like literally two minutes about the ending of Endgame and, pe- and how Steve went back to that shriveled up old crone Peggy and she, he, he left Bucky. And how dare he do that? He would never do that. He's with Bucky to the end of the line. And I'm like, I just want a burger and a and a milkshake. Can I get a burger and a milkshake? <laughs> yeah. But I got lectured, to at, lectured at by an 18-year-old about how um how the ending of Endgame was just horrendous and if you think it's not then you're just wrong and um and uh Bucky and Steve are the one true pairing forever and ever until I die and um and anyone else who thinks otherwise sucks and I was like okay and, and my friend who was with me is like let's just order and move on <laughs> already at my breaking point but I was thinking as as we were driving back to my friend's house I was like this is what this is where I have a problem with shippers this right here this this right here it was it's not the ultimately for me it's not the fact that they ship Steve and Bucky no I, I get why you do it I understand exactly why you do it I understand where you're coming from I, I mean, not, I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with the fact that I just got jumped by a perfect stranger and told how my opinion was utterly and completely wrong um, because my opinion was different than their opinion. And you can say, sure, but that's the way everything's going nowadays. Look at our modern political situation. But I don't think that that's a nowadays scenario because this has been happening online forever and this is it's a toxicity it's an aggressiveness about your ship it is my ship's important and your ship is not and how dare you um yeah it's it's like you said it's a toxicity of it i'm not a part of the voltron fandom but i know there was this big thing where fans of the ship uh keith and lance Yes. They they posted leaked storyboards online and 
try to blackmail the studio saying they weren't going to take them down unless the studio agreed to make the ship happen in the show. Yeah. That's taking it too far, guys. (laughs) Yeah. You don't get to blackmail creators into making what you want. This isn't real life misery. You don't get to kidnap Stephen King and him until he makes your book. (laughs) Because, you know, that's what you're doing. Yeah, guys, this is starting to get, like, just a a little bit creepy. Like, that's not cool. You know, you you as the fans do not get to call the shots. Well, and I think it's just, um, I think it's a byproduct of the Internet. Because you do see that with just literally everything where people are like, well, if you don't do this thing, I'm going to blast you on social media. Yeah. And and it's just it happens across the board with everything. Um, it's just I don't know. Fans just seem to really be the kind who want to take it and run with it and be the loudest and the angriest and the most toxic and harass people. Uh, and it's not cool, guys. <laughs> well, yeah, no. And in many ways, it kind of takes away from the enjoyment of the fandom. Um, you know, I know for me, standing there in that restaurant that moment, I had so many other things going on in my mind that were not Marvel movies. And to kind of be attacked by someone who I just really didn't even know <laughs> was sort of like, uh, what? I mean, yeah, someone, one of my other friends said, well, if it had been me, I'd been calling that girl's manager. And I'm like, first of all, she was 18 and overly enthusiastic. <laughs> and that was her biggest problem. Um, and second of all, I really just did not have the presence of mind at that moment to be like the Karen in that situation and be like, let me see your manager. Oh my God. I've been on a four hour flight from Los Angeles. No, I was not going to do that. Uh, but it did kind of bring to mind to me, like this idea of like this, uh, uh, us versus them, uh, mentality in regards to ships, like, I we like I joked at the top of the episode like I will go down with my ship but that's the truth it's this idea this tribalism around your ship and my ship is the right ship and everyone else is wrong and how dare you attack my ship because you're so emotionally invested in that relationship between those characters that to have anyone assail it you're up in arms yeah like even to the ideal plot lines like if there's someone who is looks like they're a threat to your ship in the storyline oh hell no mm-hmm. i mean automatically you you hate that character and everything they stand for even if they're an interesting and compelling character it, it's you don't mess with my babies <laughs> exactly and it, it does take away from the enjoyment of sharing the fandom with other people who are also fans and uh it, it does kind of make it harder to enjoy it and sometimes it makes it to where you're kind of embarrassed to be like oh yeah i like this thing because you don't want to get lumped in with these screaming yelling people yeah who are just I'm right and you're wrong and my ship is canon and I'm going to win when they're together in the end and you're going to lose and you're going to see how right I am. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a certain sense of embarrassment when you're like, oh, I really, you know, yeah, I like that show. I I know that 
I no, I personally am not a supernatural fan. Um, I tried, guys. I really did. But I'm from the Midwest. And being from the Midwest, I'm sort of like, it ain't that se- cool or sexy. Uh, <laughs> it just isn't. Um, but uh, many of my friends are. And um, I know that at least one of them was like, you know, I have to apologize a lot. Because people, when I say, oh, I love Supernatural, they're like, oh, isn't that the incest one? And they're oh, like, yeah. they're like, no, 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 it's not about incest, but there is a certain group who like ship the brothers, and they're like, yeah, that's just weird. I, I, you know, I'm not gonna tell you you can't ship Sam and Dean, whatever. I, but I, I, I do think that when that there is a certain level of vociferousness that sometimes. Uh, it can it can be hard for some of the rest of the fandom because the like this friend she's like I I don't ship them they're brothers that's gross but I I, mean, I ship you know cat I think it was Cass and Dean I'm, Dean I'm not Castiel, sure. yeah um I but yeah that was their ship which to me I was like oh okay and and they're like but the person I was talking to all they knew about was incest and because that's like like the fandom that really kind of sparked it yeah they're they're pretty vocal about it and and that's fine um but you know if you like it that's fine but don't act like anyone who doesn't like it is just a prude yeah (laughs) so those of us who aren't cool with the insisting that there's legitimate reasons for that yes stop don't act like we're just prudes for not liking your ship yeah um and and yeah, and, and sometimes it is worrisome when you see people ship toxic relationships. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people like the whole Harry and Draco ship. Yeah, I, I not always, but I saw that one drift somewhat into toxicity. I had less of a problem with the the Harry and Draco ship. It wasn't uh-huh. a ship. I liked, but I, I could see like two consenting young men who have a, a complicated relationship together. Sure, okay. I think I had more had a bigger issue with Snape and Harry. Oh yeah, I forgot that was a ship. Yeah, that one is yeah. very troublesome. Um, and, and and the big reason why is he is older. Um, and, and well, Harry's a minor. So Snape is older, Harry's a minor, Snape is a person in a position of authority, um, and, um, you know, which that that's never cool, and uh, because then you have a power differential in the relationship, um, and, um, and also there's this complication about, like, Snape's relationship with Harry's mother, which, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of that just on paper doesn't look good. Does not look good. Um, and and it's not there. There are many other kinds of ships I see out there that when you look at it, you're like, guys, that's that's not a great ship for a lot of reasons. I, I don't know. I mean, on some levels, I don't feel like I can condone those ships because. They're un- they're they're unhealthy in a very disturbing way, you know. Situations where you have like this one, where it is an a grown adult 
who is engaging in a romantic sexual relationship with a known minor who is under, and especially one in a position of underneath them, you know, as a, as a student, as a mentor, as, you know, as a, as a, uh, almost like a daughter or son figure, you know, those, you, you start straying into some really dangerous territory in there that I'm sort of like, oh, mm, I, mm, I don't know if I chip that. Yeah. Um, but there's other relationships, too, that, like, the toxic, like, abusive relationships um, or or relationships where it's a person you know is is just horrible. They're just doing horrible things. But... The whole idea is I'm going to save that person from themselves because true love, true love always wins. <laughs> and and I'm like, no, this is an abusive relationship. This is not romantic. There's nothing romantic about this. This is perpetuating something horribly abusive. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of those ships out there. Yeah. Yep, there are, and I yeah, especially like a lot of the uh, the kidnappy type ones and the kidnappy slash rape ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's or you know I know um a lot of people had problems with Suicide Squad because of the relationship between Harley and the Joker because you know her and Mr. J you know but he's well beyond kooky dukes he's also abusive yeah and so there is a segment of the uh of uh, and yes i know it's it's it is canon but i feel like sometimes when i see the ship out there and people who are huge into the ship they sort of forget that this is not a healthy relationship it's not supposed to be a healthy relationship it's supposed to be a horribly broken relationship um I feel like Jamie and Cersei in Game of Thrones, another example. Like, everyone was like, you know, oh, well, they're kind of hot together. I'm like, let's start off with the fact they're twins. <laughs> they shared a womb together. This is all sorts of fucked up, guys. But beyond that, this is a, an emotionally fucked up relationship from top to bottom. And it's supposed to be fucked up. This is not supposed to be a good relationship. This is not supposed to be a sexy relationship. This is supposed to make your skin crawl. This is supposed to make you go, they, this ain't right. Yeah. But there were people who were like, oh, but I so shit Jamie and, and Cersei because, you know, they're hot. And I'm like, no, this is a fucked up relationship. You should yeah. not think this is hot. I, I do find that a little confusing. Um. At least it's being portrayed as toxic, you know, like with the yeah. whole Joker Harley thing. They are portraying that as a toxic relationship. It's bad. It's supposed to be an example of a bad relationship. Uh, I think it's a little weird when people hardcore ship them. Uh, but at least, you know, people are showing, at least the creators are showing this isn't, this should not be a relationship ideal. You should not want to be in a relationship like this. No. Where I, I, I think that where when fandom is, like, defending it, I'm sort of like, but really, guys? Yeah. It, this is not a good relationship. <laughs> but, 
But when they when there is a support for an even virulent like defense of a an abusive or not great relationship, that's where I think I get concerned. Because I'm like, you do realize that this isn't good. That the, nothing about this is good. And this there's nothing sexy or uh, there should be nothing sexy about this. This is not a ship we should be supporting. But again, you know, it's sort of like, well, if it's on the internet. How can you really stop it? Yeah. Well, and there's just, there's a lot of crazy fanfics out there. I mean, um, take any random character and do a search for character X and character Y plus ship and something will come up. Yeah. Even if you think it's something impossible, like, a lot of people ship Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog with so many fictional characters. This is not something I ever needed to know in my life. But. <laughs> it's a thing, and it's out there. Um, oh the other one that's a little weird for me is when people start shipping uh, real-life people as those they yes! are characters. Yes! <laughs> there, there are a lot of, um, like, one direction yeah ships out there and yep. just um oh, what were some of the there was another big one where even one of the uh one of the it was a famous actor and i remember she had commented on it like are we supposed to start dating now <laughs> because people were sh- shipping her with this other actor oh god i can't remember who it was now yeah, RPF is is huge. I I personally am not a person who gets real person fan fiction. It's mm-hmm. it, I mean it's out there, sure, okay, fine. Um, I had a friend try to explain it to me because she was very much into uh, RPF for Korean boy bands, and apparently it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing, and like accepted I guess in the community around uh k-pop um it's not something I get but if you get it if that's something you enjoy okay um you know there's there's obviously a huge community out there for it I I don't have a problem necessarily with the fiction as long as you realize it's fiction like as long as you're aware that these stories are not real but that these these people really do exist out in real life and have their own lives and their lives are not in your story. I mean, okay, that's fine. But where I think I, it crosses the line for me is when the fandom's like pushing a relationship between two real life people because their on-screen personas are together and they want their off-screen personas to be together. I saw this happen with um, David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson. I mean, even recently, just like last year, like people (laughs) were like, are they together? Are they like, are they really dating? To the point that Jillian Anderson was just having fun with it and like kind of messing around with fans and like, I don't know, David, are we together? And she's like sitting on his bed. And (laughs) um, some people just take it in stride. I mean, but I just saw this the other day for I think it was Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson of all mm-hmm. people. And I was like, wait, what? Um, they were like, well, you know, obviously those two. And I'm sitting here going, well, first of all, um, 
no, but that <laughs> it was this idea of, I mean, those two have known each other since they were kids, like literally teenagers. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what their personal story is because I don't know them personally. But I'm sitting here just thinking, wow, you just want you want a Cap and, and Natasha together so bad that you're just projecting this onto the real life actors. That's a little weird to me. <laughs> That's where it gets weird. It's yeah. the idea that I mean, less. I mean, yeah, I'm not into any of it, but I, I recognize for some people they like telling these stories involving these real life characters or real life people. Excuse me, they're not characters; they're people. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's kind of where the problem comes in. I think a lot of people don't, I think people forget that they're real life people. I think because of, especially because of like reality TV and stuff and where certain celebrities, you can see them in a show and it's kind of, it's edited to look like a, you know, a sitcom or whatever. People characters. And they yeah. forget that there is an actual person there who they, their life's not scripted. They, they make their own choices and decisions and, and fall in and out of love just like everybody else. And you don't get to push them towards whatever your your headcanon is. They're not dolls. You don't get to play with them like dolls. I know I saw, um, uh, true enough, I saw online there is a lot of Lin-Manuel Miranda, Jonathan Groff fanfic. I just went, okay, first of all, Lynn's married and Jonathan's got a really hot boyfriend. Um, <laughs> with, uh, but because they have a very, they're, they're very good friends and there's a certain segment of the fandom who just think that they're just so cute together, um, that, that there is a, a body of fan fiction about them. And I was just sort of going, hmm, okay then. It, it just, uh, it, again, I I get that um, for some people, like, this is, it, it, there's a sort of fantasy aspect to it of you um, being able to take these, these actors, these real life people, and put them together in romantic situations that, you know, mirror whatever you would like to see. Um, but again, the, it's that line between fantasy and reality i mean these are real people and their lives are not for you to play with and their relationships are not for you to play with as fans like i would not want a group of unknown people who didn't know me from adam but happened to see me on a television show suddenly ship me with somebody who I, you know, what if that person's really an asshole and I know it, but <laughs> right? you, you guys have all decided like this is the person for you. Cause they're just so sweet and cute and amazing and awesome. Well, yeah, sure. What you've seen of them, you've seen the best side, but I know them when they're like off their ass drunk and like mean and just like awful human being. And then, and, but you don't see that. You know, it's it, it, I think I, where I, I have a problem with that is with a, that kind of shipping is when it, it, it really just does not. It's an objectification. It's really where it comes down for me. You're objectifying a real person, a real human being. 
And you're moving them around like they're a character in a story when they're not. And yeah. Um, And I know those ships exist out there. And honestly, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't want to minimize anybody's ships. Everybody likes their ship, whether it's a giant aircraft carrier or a little like rowboat dinghy. It's your ship and you love it. But at the same time, some ships, I feel like um, the fandom around those ships mm-hmm. isn't always healthy. Yeah. yeah. Like, ship what you want to ship. That's cool. Just be respectful. Uh, if somebody doesn't like it, don't be offended. That's okay. We all, we're allowed to all be different and like our own things differently. And nobody has to like the same things you like. So... Yeah, and I think above and beyond anything for me is just ship responsibly, you know. Um, uh-huh. You know, sh- be be careful in how you, not just how you treat others within the ship you like and outside of the ship you like, but also just ship responsibly in how you're exploring that ship and what are you in that ship for, especially some of the more toxic ones or just be careful. Why ask yourself why are you why is this ship mean something to me? Like what is why is this why am I so emotionally invested in this and and what what am I getting out of it? Because you may ask it, it may bring up some interesting things about yourself. Yep. And let people like things even if it's <laughs> something you don't like. <laughs> yeah, just let people like things. I I make it a point even though I pointed out some stuff I'm not a huge fan of tonight, I don't really knock other people's ships. I just usually don't engage because I get it. Everybody has their own ships and they like it for a reason, right? Um, yeah. yeah, no, exactly. Same. Yeah. Even if I've said, hey, this ship isn't for me and I don't really like it and whatever, you do you. Like, if you yeah. like that ship and, and that's your thing, go out there and own it. You know, yeah. I'm just the person talking. <laughs> you don't have to take <laughs> my opinions for anything. Yeah, these are our takes. You can say, I don't, I disagree with your takes and be like, fair. Yep. Okay. You disagree. I mean, you're a person, you have thoughts and opinions. Sure. Yep. Your life experience is different than mine. So, yeah. You do you. <laughs> yeah. You do you, boo. Um, so with that in mind, I know you said there are not any like ships that you're like really invested in because you just sort of get you know, roll your eyes and you're like, oh, whatevs. But are there ships that you know kind of they hold a little warm small space in your heart? Um, to be honest, uh, I don't know. Like I said, uh, <laughs> I do like uh, Yuri on Ice. Uh, Victor and Yuri were um, so cute. <laughs> They're so cute. So I was always uh, that that I mean there was only one season of the show, but that one season I I finger crossed that they would get together. And you know they had to keep it ambiguous because of censorship reasons and blah blah blah. So they couldn't actually confirm that they were gay or anything. But in my head canon, in my heart of hearts, Yuri and Victor lived happily ever after together at the end of that show. Um, and then, of course, uh, Cap and Peggy. I'm not going to lie. That, them dancing <laughs> at the end of Endgame just warmed oh. my heart. It was adorable. 
Um, I like I said uh, last. I think it was last episode. I I loved the first Avenger. That movie does hold a special place in my heart, and seeing Cap and Peggy be able to be together just was so good. It was so good. That that was that was a tearjerker moment. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm a crier. I cry over everything. But oh, I sobbed. Yeah, I I cried over that one. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking through my ships, obviously Mulder and Scully. That that was it. My first like my first fandom ship ever. Um, I was big into West Wing was one of my big shows. I was a huge huge Josh and Donna fan. Um, wanted those two together. Like oh my god. Um, <laughs> I think I spent all seven years of that series just going God damn it, just sleep together already and get it over with. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of my other ships. Pe- Steve and Peggy. Oh, my God. I love Steve and Peggy so hard. But Endgame, like, it was funny because when he showed up as an old man, I was like, I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> like, I was sitting in between two of my friends screaming. And um, I remember I grabbed Eric's hand, just squeezed so hard. Like, I knew it! That he might go <laughs> dance! Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but I sobbed, I did, and I was just, like, that was the, the great tragic romance of the MCU for me, was Cap and Peggy. Um, so I, I was happy to have that resolution, um, but, um, yeah, so I, I mean, I think they're my, my MCU OTP, though I, I'm a huge Tony and, and Pepper fan, too, though there's a lot of people who are just like, oh, I hate her, and when I dig down deeper into it for a lot of people, it, it's, they really don't like Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, I think so, I think that's where it comes down to as well. Yeah, um, which I get. Yep. <laughs> Peppers. Although, if I throw it back, my teenage ship that I was the most hardcore for was, uh, if you remember the original X-Men, the animated series, <gasps> I was yes. Rogue, Rogue and Gambit were my OTP. Yes. Like, I wrote so many fan fictions about them being yes. together. <laughs> yes, I was a huge Rogue and Gambit like uh, fan uh, shipper. Oh, I remember yeah. that. I yeah. love the two together. And then, like, to add a little spice into it, it was like, I, it was the, the, uh, I would throw Wolverine in there just to be like the foil in the whole mix. <laughs> <laughs> when, when reality, it was, in most people tended to, it was, it was, uh, Gene, mm-hmm. Scott, and Logan. And Logan, yeah, yeah, that was the, yeah. the big one. But, uh, no, it was always Rogan Gambit for me. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, no, I was all up in that. Um, I'm trying to think of some other good shipping I had. Kushiel, because I'm listening to it right now. If you are any of you Kushiel fans out there, you know I'm a huge Phaedra Jocelyn fan. Um, yeah, and you won't, you don't get it unless you read those books. But I'm reading and listening to them right now. I'm just like, God, I love these two characters together so hard. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think those are like some of my. I, I know there's others. There's there's, I I'm a I'm a shipper, so like everything I I watch, I'm like, oh I ship that, oh I ship that. Like <laughs> Game of Thrones, I was huge Jamie and Brienne. I was just so 
so like you two just need to just 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 fuck already <laughs> do it just do it um yeah <laughs> if i had my way if i had written the end of the game of thrones <laughs> uh, there's so many people who are saying that though but right. uh uh, I can't say I hated completely the end of Jamie and Brienne's arc. They did the one thing I wanted them to do. I I disliked Jamie's side of the story. Brienne's I thought was fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was, I shipped those two pretty hard. So I at least got some of that. I got part of my my ship fulfilled. So yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think. Like I was- think my. My first OTP of all time that was like Han and Leia. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a that was a big shipping one too, huh? Um, I, I was little and I was just like, "Death, do you need to get married?" Yeah, I think that was when I was still pretty ambivalent to <laughs> shipping, and I was like, mm, "They can get together, they cannot. I don't care." Yeah. Speaking of Voltron, old school Voltron. Um, the one that came out when we were kids, I was huge into Keith and the Princess because I was also six. And I remember there was an episode uh, where the princess supposedly died, but it was all a trick. But no one knew that. But Keith was brokenhearted. And I'm like, I remember clear as day, like watching that episode with my dad going, she can't die because Keith's in love with her and they need to get married. And my dad's like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons I really like uh, trashy romance is uh, because they they're resolved at the end. Like uh, you know, yeah. you, you get a nice little bit of will they won't they, and then they do, and then that's it. On the back of a horse. Uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's my joke about trashy romances. I'm like, it's always sex in these like impossible places, like on the back of a horse or in the middle of an open field where anyone can see you or like, you know, uh, the, the horse one was the one I was the most amazed by. I'm like, I don't even know how the physics on that work. Or but, in like you know, public places like libraries. Yeah. And, and I'm sitting here like, you know what? I live in an apartment complex and you know, if I have anyone over, I'm just sort of going, Okay, we have to be super quiet. We have to be really quiet because my neighbors are going to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just the idea of, 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 of wanton sex all over the place in public places. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe when I was in my 20s, I was a little bit more uh, adventurous that way. <laughs> but now that I'm old, I'm just like, don't let the neighbors know. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I will never live with the shame. Um, yeah, you know, uh, romance novels—they, um, they—you're right. They give you the the whole arc of the story, and at the end, yeah, you're done. Move on. I admit, I was the sucker who liked those romance novels who that were part of a continuum. Like you get those authors who were going to write like about uh, an entire family or dynasty of people and they're all linked together and so they're successive novels and it's about new couples every time but they always appear in each other's books I was 
sucker for those. Yeah, yeah, I do like a lot of those. Um, especially, I noticed the uh, Regency type romances have yeah. a lot of those. So that's yeah. nice because then you get to see the couples again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I think I like the I like the resolution. I like the the having a definitive answer. <laughs> yeah. I, I I mean, don't get me wrong. I do like a little bit of will they won't they. Um I like the slow burn of a story and like, oh, are they gonna realize that they're just perfect for each other? Oh, you know. I do love that. Um and I think that's why I'm such a shipper. Because there's just something fun, there's something enjoyable in seeing people connect on a fundamental level and realizing that they have these deep and profound feelings for each other. Um, or sometimes not so deep and profound, but <laughs> um, but there is there is an enjoyment quality to that. Um, and I, I mean, I, I love being a shipper. I mean, I think that that has made me love stories a little bit more but at the same time I think that uh, in in shipping something that doesn't mean you have to be exclusionary and that you have to limit the room for someone else and their ship and how they see the ship just because I love Stephen Peggy and that's my OTP (laughs) like that doesn't mean I, I don't understand people who ship Stephen Bucky or Stephen and Natasha um, and that there isn't room for that. I, I think there's plenty of room for that. Um, and that those stories can be told just as much as the one I like. Um, I, I, I think where I really am, where it, it crosses a line for me is when I'm told your ship is is not legitimate because I don't like it. Yeah. Like and the and the things that you love and you appreciate are not good because I don't like it. You know, yeah. I, I have a whole different take on the Stephen Becky relationship. That does not mean I don't find the other people's take on it isn't valid. I feel like it is valid. It's not the it's not the take I have. It's the take you have, but it's a valid take, and I want you to enjoy that take, but not at the expense of me and my take, and vice versa. My take should not come at the expense of yours. Yeah, yeah. I just get impatient. I'm just like, okay, kiss already. <laughs> just, just fuck her already. Damn it. Just sleep together. Just there's a bed. Go. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, okay, enough time has gone on. Uh, either will they or don't <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it i like wine and romance and mo's just like let's get busy already <laughs> right i'm just like um it's time right let's go i've got shit to do <laughs> i think this actually mirrors our philosophy on dating <laughs> <laughs> Because we have discussed our philosophies on dating quite extensively. And I'm like, this kind of mirrors our philosophies on dating. You're just like, I'm just here for one thing. Let's just get it done and move on with our lives. And I'm like, you know, I want someone who can be my, like, intellectual equal. (laughs) This is very much like that. (laughs) I'm not saying I don't like romance or anything. I just, 
I'm impatient. <laughs> I'm just so patient. <laughs> Romance is nice, but where is this going? <laughs> Are you guys going to like do it already? Because I'm already bored. Come on. Yeah, there, there's been too much of this back and forth. Either get together or move on. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think we we have landed on the fact that Mo is a landlubber and I'm a shipper. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You like to go on. You like to go on your brief cruises of the harbor. I like to go on my uh, th- my. Uh, my round trip, global round trip with my yeah. ships. Yeah, I want I want a destination and I want to get there in a specific amount of time. <laughs> We're doing a three hour tour of the harbor and uh yeah. If it's not done, then uh you're getting a bad yell from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, I think that uh I think that's a good that's a good wrapping it up point. That <laughs> is a good wrapping it yeah, up point. Gotten to the end of our our two different philosophies on shipping. Um. So of course, if you guys like what you're hearing, you know where to find us. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. You can find us on Apple. Uh, on the Apple Podcast platform now. We're yeah. like. We're, we're starting to get everywhere. Yeah, we're streaming all over. Um, if you head to our website, nerdgirlstakeontheworld.com, you will find all our links to everything, where to listen, our social medias. Uh, there's a nice little email contact form. So if you want to email us and tell us something to talk about, send it on over. Give us something to have a take on. We will go and have a take on it. Listen to us talk about something else. <laughs> oh, but... Um, but yeah, I think that just about wraps it up. So, uh, I've been Mo. I've been Jen. And never be afraid to take on the world. Bye. Bye. Bye.